Congratulations! You're listening to a Radio One ninety one FM podcast. Uh, right now, I'm joined by Tom McFarlane from Jungle. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, sir? Not too bad. And yourself? Good. Good. Very good. Right. Um, new record, Loving in Stereo, album number three. And there's so much to unpack with this record. Uh, and the tongs, the song titles um, help us get there. I reckon they tell a story, uh, if not deliberately. Um, they tell a story. Truth, no rules, keep moving. Uh, so let's talk about it. Um, straight from the first tracks, you know, the story, um, albeit um, that I read anyway, is out. Dry your eyes, keep moving. Those two songs seem to me to be saying goodbye to forever. Uh, and the themes of, th- themes of that record, which leads into um, a big theme on this record, freedom. Is that like a, kind of a fair observation? Yeah, I think whether it's subconscious or not, um, this record is definitely a departure from 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 the whole process of making the second record, um, which was difficult. You know, um, no, there's no no two ways about it. We didn't, mm. you know, we we struggled to sort of understand what had happened to us on the back of the first album. You know, the unbelievable success that that record had um, put a lot of pressure on us creatively. I think uh, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And yeah, we were a bit lost. We went through some difficult periods in our personal lives. And and I think that record is definitely a reflection of that. Um, you know, it's not to say that it's a bad record. It's just, it was just a difficult record to make uh, emotionally and physically. So yeah, this album was definitely, you know, we wanted to react to that. We wanted to make a record that felt more energized, more forward thinking, more positive. Um, we wanted to make it quicker than we made the second record because <laughs> we spent quite a lot of time making that one. Um, so yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the themes that you hear or you you feel on this third record are definitely a reaction against um, w- what was going on in forever. Um, one of the freedoms on this record um, is you know you're releasing it on your own label now. Coyola Records, um, mm-hmm. Jungle to me, especially the first self-titled record, felt like it was you two kind of creating your own space, having the freedom to create something that was fresh for the times. Um, was it, you know, and, and we've kind of talked a little bit about, you, know, you just mentioned this, the second record and what you went through with that, but, you know, um, was it not necessarily the case when you were recording that either? Like, you know, the ugly beast that ends the industry, stymieing your ability to be yourselves essentially put it and you know and the pressure to repeat the success of jungle was that limiting as well i think so um i think ultimately what what we feel now is just ultimate confidence um i think we've refound the belief in ourselves which was there very much in the first record it's better the first record is very much like blind belief because mm. you you're not aware of the beast that is making music do you know what i mean and you're not aware of the the kind of emotional response that you'll eventually have as a creative person to making that first album so that that first record was almost sort of like blind confidence um with a large helping of like please don't look at us we're we we do not want to like be famous (laughs) and 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 being on our own label now, I think you could spend a lot of time with labels asking them what they think of things. Yeah. And they're just like the worst people to ask that question to because they don't make music. They're not sat behind a mixing desk. They're not songwriters. Um, And so I think we lost our own sense of taste, our own sense of being able to answer our questions, our own perspective, 
um, making that second record. And and now that we're on our own label, um, we have complete freedom and complete control. Um, we were able to make a video for every record on this album, um, yeah. which we would just never have been given the budget to do on a on a record label. They would have been like, no one, like, why why do you need to make fourteen videos? We only need videos for the singles. But <laughs> the fact that we're able to fully fully realise our artistic vision on on so many different levels on this record is just really great and makes us feel incredibly satisfied incredibly happy um and i guess yeah in a way makes up for 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 a couple of years where we were a little bit lost in in the wilderness of our own bs you this record's not the first record out on that label you put someone else's record out so how did you go about being a label boss um just by being like just i guess just by uh well it was it was, J- it was josh's solo record cosmos yeah yeah that's um, right. Sorry. yeah. and just like essentially letting him do what he wanted to do um yeah. i don't think we necessarily want to release a lot of other people's records purely because we don't want to be label bosses because what we think <laughs> about label bosses is is probably not ready for air um but uh yeah it, it's just we've got to give ourselves our own freedoms back and our own creativity. We've got to hand ourselves the kind of the, 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 the steering wheel again. Um, yeah. And being on your own label just really affords you the chance to do that. Yeah. The thing, yeah. Cause a lot of labels, a lot of artists that have started labels, they do it for that reason, right. To not get, you know, to not be the industry, but eventually you kind of become it. And if um, in some ways it's because you, sometimes if you give too much rope to an artist, they'll go all the way out. And you look at Creation Records, um, for for example, um, you know they lost all that money um, <laughs> making that making Loveless, um, that that fantastic record, and and then that record <laughs> was gone because it took yeah, like yeah. all those years. Um, and, I mean, you could say the same about Factory Records and a few others as well. Uh-huh. So you know, if if you do start putting music out, you probably you might automatically just have to get to that point. So. Um, now what was the first heartbeat of this record you know how did you lay it down with each other um you know this is how it's going to you know we're going to do it i think um there was a very early session in 2019 um where tracks like the bare bones of tracks like fire talk about it um can't stop the stars were sort of like formed and it and we just sort of found this much more natural process of recording drums and bass and getting drum and bass loops that were played in a room in a studio and then looped up after that and i think we can spend so much time sitting there with a drum pad trying to like sample a drum beat or trying to like program a beat that feels really natural and feels really groovy but ultimately like there's no there's no substitute for like a, a good drum kit recorded well in a great studio played by a good drummer. Yeah. And so we kind of found that new, that new kind of break feel um, kind of felt a little bit more classic Motown in it, in, it, in its rhythm and in, in its chops. Um, and it just felt really good. And the process of getting to the point of those tracks where we loved them felt really quick and easy for a change. And it was like, well, okay, hang on. There's a, there's a little bit of a, not a formula brewing here, but like an understanding of what can be achieved and how quickly and how how quickly it can be achieved and how fun it feels when you're achieving it, yeah. rather than 
quite a painstaking process of like producing music that f- that like we're trying to reach for. It just it sort of it was there. It was yeah. there already, and we hadn't really thought about it. So yeah, those are the kind of three tracks that kind of laid the foundation for the rest of the record. And I think from there on, it was like okay, when we're in the studio, it's got to be full full on energy. We've got to like take the first idea that comes, run with it and finish it quickly. Um, so I guess, yeah, those tracks kind of really laid the sonic and the, I guess the like methodical ground groundworks. Um, and there are, there's some different sounds on this record. Um, and, and those songs kind of come, uh, well, a couple of them at least come with co- collaborators. And this is the first time you've had uh, other people singing on the uh, jungle tracks. You've got, Bears with the hip hop, and you've got this kind of soul-driven R and B with, with Priya. Um, that's big and that's exciting. Was that a design, you know, that you had at the beginning of this record? Did you always want to bring people in, or did it just kind of happen at the time? How did that kind of work out? I think we've always wanted to collaborate with other artists, whether it's on their records or our records. Um, but we've also been super conscious that like it's got to be organic and it's got to be natural. I think so. It's so easy for an artist these days to be kind of driven down the line of like, you need a collab so that your numbers in the States get bigger. And you're just like, shut up. Like, <laughs> what? Like, do, do you know what I mean? I'm not just going to write, I'm not just going to write a check and send a demo tape to like some yeah. like management group in America and then get like 16 shit verses back. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so we met bars at a festival in 2018 in, in Brooklyn. I just had a great time with him backstage afterwards, kept in touch. And then he was in town. He was in London in 2019 and, and texted us out of the blue and was like, yo, let's get a beer. And we were like, yo, we're in the studio. Come make some tunes. Um, and that's where Romeo was That's where Romeo was made. Uh, and then Priya, again, we met her through our management um, last year um, and got in the studio with sort of eyes on making tracks for her record, um, her mixtape that's just come out. Um, and ended up making Goodbye My Love. And I think, you know, first up, those tracks wouldn't be on the record unless we loved them, unless they were great, mm-hmm. unless they really added something to the album, um, which they do. And I think they're actually probably two of our favourite tracks because it's also the first time that we've had the confidence to allow someone else to voice the world of Jungle, you know, to really yeah. use their, to, to, to use their artistry to, to, to immerse themselves in, in our world. And, and I kind of think it's like a testament to the world that Josh and I have created that people feel like they can get involved and jump in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel that that's kind of a thing at your live shows too, in a way, with dancing. Because you've created this world in your videos and on stage with these incredible dancers. And, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and he was talking about the time he saw you up in Auckland. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, man, like I'd never heard jungle before and i heard this music and i was like what's that that's incredible and then the first thing he saw was the dancers and he was like oh snap this is this is it's on and like you know it was almost like they were like sirens to him in a way i mean he heard the music as well and he's like this is banging but you know they just capped it off for him it was amazing and he and then he you know from that he went out got the record and he's got so on and so forth and become a big fan you know, and they're like the kind of unofficial members of the group, right? These dancers mm-hmm. we've had throughout the years, mm-hmm. you know. So how mm-hmm. it's it's such a a great move, uh, but I don't even think it is a move. It's just something you love, right? 
I mean, essentially, it's like essentially the reason why dance exists in the jungle world is because it's the most simple solution. Yeah. Like when we were trying to make our when we were trying to make our first video back in 2013, um, we were talking to Charlie, who kind of helps us make all our videos, and we were like, "What do we do?" And he was like, "Well, you know, what's the most simple idea?" And we were like, "Well, obviously, dancing. You know, music, yeah. dance. We've always sat there. We've always loved like the Michael Jackson videos. You know, that's something that you grow up watching and yeah, yeah, and just like immersing yourself in and." <sighs> Yeah, we're not we're not breaking new ground, but I think that the consistency of the art and the consistency of how we shoot things, the consistency of the styling, the consistency of the cast members that run through campaigns, um, that's something that's super special to us. And actually yeah. feels like we're, we're creating something that's like more than just a music video. You know, it's like a legacy. Um, and we try to do the same with the artwork. You know, it's like, why would we change just having the logo on the record cover obviously you can change like the kind of like the mechanisms around it you can change the inner sleeve blah 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 but like i we've seen it on instagram recently like people had like people put the three records next to each other as like a collection and it yeah, just yeah, looked yeah. amazing having the yeah. having the black cover the yellow cover the white cover and it's just really satisfying and yeah like we're not we're not like breaking the bank we're not like we're not re- reinventing the wheel um and we're, we're, we're not going to try and claim that we are but I think the simplicity is genius and and we've always just like we've always had that real desire to to have a consistent visual concept throughout the whole of the campaigns. Yeah, I've got two of the t-shirts. I have to get the new one. Um, <laughs> I almost wore one tonight but it's a bit too cheesy so I didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, I've got your merch. Love it. Uh right, um now it's, it's, <laughs> this is a this is a feel good record. Loving in stereo uh, is a feel good record. It, it makes me feel good, um, you know, and it feels like you know, to you putting out this music has made you feel good as well. What do you think you're going to say about this record at the time of the release of your next? I think we'll probably look back at it very fondly, and I think it will feel like it was a real turning point in our careers um because we were able to we were able to like put, rescue it in a way i think we were both in a place after making that second record where it was like god I don't want to fucking do that again and like yeah. that was tough man like that was that wasn't fun and for us making music is fun being a jungle yeah. is fun you know the world that we create is a world that we can escape into to you know forget about all the shit that goes on in our daily lives um and the fact that we kind of brought that shit into the world on the second record was necessary. Um, and we're not going to—I'm not going to sit there and say that like I have any regrets over that. Um, it is what it is. You know, your art is your art at that moment in time, and you've got to accept it and move on. Um, yeah. But I think moving forward, it's going to be back to you know back to what Jungle do best. And I think we'll look back on this record as like a real defining moment. Just want to say quickly that second record is fucking awesome. <laughs> maybe Mate, making, admit, look, maybe I, making it. I, complete, I completely agree. I, I completely. I, look, I do. I, I I completely agree. I love its pieces, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the the process was yeah, the process was tough, man. And and yeah. and, and, and as a, and as a person who was involved in in that process, like it, it is, it's difficult to shake off. But I think we've gone a long way to we've gone a long way in rectifying that. And I think actually what this record will do is make us love the second record more than we do. Too. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Hope, yeah, hopefully after a while you can just forget about that other horrible stuff around it and just, just <laughs> love the music that came out. You know, loving, 
you know, that's loving in stereo is the name of the record and you're loving making yeah, music yeah. in stereo. So it's great. I'm so glad that you found that again and you've got that back, that, that enjoyment. If, if You know, if it's probably a little bit different, different type of enjoyment from the first album, but you've got that mm-hmm. love again, you know. So it's great. Mm-hmm. And it's great. And if you keep producing music like this because of that, then um, I'll be loving it too. Uh, so, yeah, Tom, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> Thank you, man. It's been really enjoyable. An absolute pleasure. Thank you um, once again. And I'm um, loving the record. And um, hopefully we'll get to talk f- for the next one. Yeah, for sure, man. See you soon. Cheers, mate. Thank you. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. Find more at r1.co.nz.